You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. You better take a 
listening to African Perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African-centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors, and we say the word ashe. It simply means, so be it. So we pour this libation to God. For all that God has done and for all that God will do. We say, we pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity. Everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future, we all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Timeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe. 
report its libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe, civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So we poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them, <laughs> their sacrifice, we are here. Do we sashay? We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted, and we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi. Hotep family. Hope everything is well with you. Hope you had a great weekend. I know uh, I always talk about the weather, don't I? <laughs> that you hope you get a chance to do all the things you want to do, should do, must do, can do, and will do, hoping that the weather was, man. But hey, it's December. Yeah, it's cold. It's December. Especially if you're in the northern part of the state. 
And of course, this is the Northern Hemisphere. It's going to be cold. It can be cold all the way down into Florida. Yeah, because it's definitely cold here all week. All week here in the ATL, it's going to be, the high will only be about 50. And the low will be, you know, freezing, which is 32 or below. Whatever. You should dress accordingly and handle your business. <laughs> that's, that's my suggestion. <laughs> handle your business. This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, or 8 to 10 Pacific, any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, go to timeforawakening.com. Don't go to TuneIn. Bumped. No, go to TuneIn. Say, for instance, you moved from where you were born, like me, Milwaukee. I would go to TuneIn, and I could, there's some Milwaukee stations that I could listen to. And it'll be a part of my group on TuneIn. So you can do that. But TuneIn, they do they, they cut in with commercials. And, and there's various other uh, um, radio stations. The one in Baltimore. Love to listen to them. You know, other stations. So that's when you can go to TuneIn. And there's various other stations around the country, even around the world that you can listen to. But if you want to listen to Time for an Awakening, Go to timeforanawakening.com. When you open the page up on the right side will be where you can listen to programs that are uh, live or pre-recorded. And unfortunately, most are pre-recorded. But right now, if you go there right now, you will listen to this program. This program is streaming right now on timeforanawakening.com. All right. All right. Once again, this program is every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. On Thursdays, Black Rea on Thursdays, uh, Black Liberation Movement, Mississippi on the Move with Brother Patrick Lumumba of the Geronimo Pratt Gun Club. They have their program on Thursdays from 7 to 8, from 7 to 8. On Fridays at 8 p.m., Time for an Awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. On Saturdays from 7 to 9, the Sankofa Council of Elders, 7 to 9, with Dr. Janine. And on Sunday, once again at 7 p.m., time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And the number to call is 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. Uh, there's a shortcut you can take to get to these programs, the pre-recorded programs that I have, and that's babaoshi.net. Go to whatever search engine you know, Internet Explorer, Firefox, whatever. Time for an awakening. Put in babaoshi.net and there will be programs that are dated and titled. Thanks to my good brother, Brother Kwaku. Appreciate you, man. No doubt. No doubt. We Buy Black. We Buy Black, the largest online marketplace for American African-owned businesses is webuyblack.com. Get everything you need from American African-owned businesses, webuyblack.com. Brothers and sisters, those who are listening and tell your friends and family to go to webuyblack.com, okay, for holiday shopping. Get into that, webuyblack.com. Africa for the Africans. Africa for the Africans, Brother Bamani Tahimba has been 
helping our people go to the motherland for many years. It's an upcoming trip, uh, December 24th to January 4th, 2024, going to Azenia. And, of course, if, it, if you heard me say Azenia, and then you know it's South Africa. I don't know. I don't know. I just have not been ambivalent about South Africa, man, because white folks still run South Africa. And the apartheid is still real. The divisions are still real. The craziness, especially of uh, those who reside in South Africa, who are trying to kill the brothers and sisters that are coming from other parts of Africa into South Africa for jobs simply because of the educational process in South Africa was so weak. Well, I bet you they prepared the crackers. Yeah, you know that. South Africa. Azenia, the December 24th to January 4th, 2024, Azenia. March 29th to April 9th, 2024, Liberia and Morocco. Liberia and Morocco. And that's still only $4,200. Azenia is, is $4,600 now. Azenia is $4,600. Liberia, Morocco, $42. Ghana, July 11th to July 23rd, $44. November 21st to December 2nd, 2024, Kemet, and that's $45. December 24th to January 4th, 2025 is 48 to Azenia. 48, a couple hundred dollars more. Getting up there, aren't they, family? Yes, they are. And so is everybody else. Believe me, some of the prices I've heard from some of the, even some of the scholars from their tours, they're up there. And April 1st to April 11th, 4,400. Senegal and Gambia. Senegal and Gambia. Go to AfricaForTheAfricans.org. There's many things on the website. If you don't want to go on any of his trips, you can use that information, all that paperwork that you can download, shots and so forth, visa and whatever, for a trip that you want to take to the motherland. All right. Habasha. Habasha Incorporated.org. Habasha. Establishing schools at home and abroad. That's right. That's what Habashaw stands for. You know, its mission is a pan-African organization that cultivates leadership in youth and families through practical experiences in cultural education, sustainable agriculture, entrepreneurship, holistic health, and technology. If you get a chance to go to Ghana, go to where the Kashi Project is. That's right. In Ghana. It, is, it was unveiled not this past October, but last year, October, the Kashi Project. All right. Habashawincorporated.org. Ledge, Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. Ledge deals in the four areas of human existence, human necessity. Without it, humans don't live, which is food, water, clothing, and shelter. They have 12 projects in six different countries and over 170 employed and over 260 members. Brothers and sisters become a member of the Ledge Group, Ledge, Land for the Environment, Development for Group Economics. Smile Pharmacies, what shop is not working, and so we'll see if that's happening on Wednesday, but um, Abibiatumi is, Abibiatumi, A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I, com. 
that B.B. Toomey is dedicated to the complete and total liberation of African people and modern Kemet, the black people throughout the Kemet uh, world from under domination by Eurasians and their anti-African black co collaborators. As such, B.B. Toomey seeks to reclaim and recreate systems and tools designed by African people for the benefit of African people and the interest in complete and total liberation for African people, self-preservation, self-determination, and sovereignty and survival in every area of human activity. Abibiatumi.com. Brother Moses West and the Moses West Foundation, you know, I was watching a particular piece and they talked about the scarcity of water, you know, and um, the scarcity of other things because of the climate situation. And I'm thinking to myself, one thing you need to know, water is not an issue. As long as Moses West and the Moses West Foundation is in existence, as long as this brother has the ability to create these machines and, and they can be manufactured, you can get water. Clean, drinkable, usable water for drinking and for agriculture. Aquaponics. You can get water. So, give to the Moses West Foundation family. Maybe give a one-time donation for the holiday thing. I don't know what you want to do. Okay. The Moses West Foundation is an innovator in global sustainability. Guided by the vision of the founder, Moses West, that clean water is a fundamental human right. Our mission is to leverage cutting-edge atmospheric water generation technology to provide essential water access foster community development and promote environmental responsibility. The Moses West Foundation. All right. Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar located here in, the, in Atlanta. I'm Ralph David Abernathy in the West End. Across the street from Soul Vegetarian, up the street from the Shrine of the Black Madonna. I wonder if the Shrine is going to be open this year for Kwanzaa. I hope so. I hope so. God. I'm going to be announcing Kwanzaa stuff uh, starting this week. And, of course, next week, um, it's a holiday time, so I've got a couple of programs that I want to throw at you. And uh, guests going to be invited. And then, of course, uh, the week after that is Kwanzaa because December 25th is Monday, Monday, December 25th. And, yes, we will be broadcasting. That's right. And then, of course, the following week is New Year's Day. Yes, we will be broadcasting. And um, But uh, we'll be talking about Kwanzaa and the importance of Kwanzaa and the Kwanzaa celebration. In fact, I'm going to touch on that a little bit in my presentation today on nation building. So check out Badada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar located on Ralph David Havanathy. Give them a call at 404-444-1635. 404-1635. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. Mama Nia celebrated 33 years, I believe, in, in the business. And she's still going strong. Give her a call at 404-346-3263. 404-346-3263. She got postcards, greeting cards, books, figurines, t-shirts. You name it, she has it. And she has presentations that she has a hall downstairs in, in the mall that she can utilize for presentations and book signings and so forth. 
So, <clears throat> the Medu Bookstore. The other bookstore we promote is Kazinde Jamu's Bookstore, the Black Dot Cultural Center Bookstore, and Coffee Bar, located in Lithonia, which is east of Atlanta. You take I-20, headed east, exit 74, make a left, now you're headed north, and on the left, after about a mile, is Black Dot Cultural Center Bookstore and Coffee Bar. He has a fine selection of books. He got the red, black, and green shoes. He, I mean, the brother, every bit of that place he utilized tremendously. It looks good. Love the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore. Give him a call at four, uh, excuse me, give him a call at 770 305 6373. There is light in the Black Dot. Jump back in your car, headed back in the right. In opposite direction. Now you are headed south, and then make another left, and you're headed east again. The next exit is exit 75, Turner Hill Road. Take that exit, make a right, three lights, make another right, and there you are at the new Black Wall Street Market. There's going to be a lot of Kwanzaa things happening at the new Black Wall Street Market. I've been, been invited to at least three of them, and I'm seeing one. Libation on two. So. <laughs> So I'm going to be involved, and I appreciate the opportunity to be involved. Us lifting us to economic development cooperative for our people in the spirit of Ujamaa Cooperative Economics. Every Thursday night, the Thursday night broadcast at 9 p.m. from 9 to 10 on blogtalkradio.com, blogtalkradio.com forward slash U-L-U, us lifting us. But you can call. Uh, to listen and voice comments or questions or concerns at 929-477-2789. That's 929-477-2789. Us lifting us, the Economic Development Cooperative for our people in the spirit of Ujamaa. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop, they're not open on Mondays, but they're open Tuesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Located 2910 Napier Avenue, in Macon, Georgia. Brothers and sisters, give Brother Bija a call. Brother Bija Jenga a call at 478-256-1166. 478-256-1166. Man, he, in, that, in his establishment, he has it going on. He has all kinds of stuff, man. Believe me. Believe me. Sun God Essential, one-stop natural shop located 4140 Jonesboro Road in Forest Park, Georgia. Inside the International Discount Mall, Booth 225. Please give my good sister, Shelly Amonset, a call at 404-434-7963. 404-434-7963. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop. Now, she has a lot of good stuff that there, aside from T-shirts and you know, stuff for your beard and grooming stuff. Some, some red, black, and green shoes, too, I think they have there. But, I mean... Whatever she has, brothers and sisters, help a sister out. Give her a call. And um, with the holiday shopping coming up, spend some money with us. That's right. Sanjay-Haiti.org. Sister Gabriela Aurelia has been doing outstanding work in the northeastern portion of the island of Haiti, right at that border with the Dominican Republic. You know, but in that area, Sister Sister Gabby 
and check her website out at Sanjay, S-O-N-J-E dash A-Y-I-T-I, Sanjay dash dot org. All right. All right, family. Papa Baruti and Mama Yah, of course, they always promote them and um, of course, what's coming up? Kwanzaa. Yeah, no, they'll be out there. But of course, you can give to Ackerman Institute and support the work that they're doing. Because what I'm going to read to you about nation building is what they're doing. And they need support. If you want to buy some of the Baba Baruti's books, who's a prolific writer, Go to Akabenhouse.com. Akaben A K O B N. Excuse me. A K O B E N House.com. And the various books that the brother has. If you want to uh just donate to Akaben Institute, you can use PayPal, Yahbaruti.com, or Cash App, dollar sign Yah M Baruti. All right. The Inyasasim of daily revolutionary thought. Yes, sir. Let me put some light here so I can read. You know, tell you. Gotta put these glasses on because that'll help me read. (laughs) December 10th. Many of the problems and puzzles of history could be cleared up if we could only get over the absurd propaganda that Africa, for some strange and mysterious reason, has for ages been cut off from the rest of the world. Dr. John G. Jackson. Yeah. Brothers and sisters, if you have the opportunity, look at, uh, look up the the brothers and sisters or ancestors great scholars Chancellor Williams Dr. John Henry Clark Dr. Ben Dr. John G. Jackson and Renoko has joined them and he was assisted he was assisting all of them Renoko's right in that mix so check out John G. Jackson Many Africans cannot get beyond Kemet in locating the origins of African civilization. But we must remember that Kemet was an extension of a more southern heart of an African civilization that spanned the entire continent. Kemet thrived and is best known primarily because of its extensive written record of African thought, its substantial, elaborate line of royal lineage, its strategic location in ancient trade, and it is a great scientific scholarly genius. However, many Africans who laud Kemet's greatness do so in a subconscious effort to remain within the field of European validation. They honor it only because it is being recognized as such by the Eurocentric political science. The color and features of the Arab people who now occupy Kemet, unlike the ancient Kemetic people who were African, who were dark-skinned, who were black-skinned, who were deeply melanated, is closer to that 
of Europeans than Africans, and Medu Netcher is actually no, is actually uh, acceptable to Europeans' definitions of civilized writing. These Eurocentric rationalizations serve to disconnect Kemet from the rest of African continent for these Africans, making it safe place for them to search for their roots inside, but still outside of Africa. Affirm, I recognize all of the motherland has our undivided heritage. Ashe. Affirm, I recognize all of the motherland has our undivided heritage. December 11th. We know everything we need to know to teach our children. The fact that we are not doing it means that we don't want to do it. Ronald Edmonds. This is this is this is this is deep, y'all, because it's real. We do, we do know everything that we need to know to teach our children. The fact that we don't want to do it means is that we don't want to do it. The fact that we are not doing it means that we don't want to do it. Man. An intelligent Intelligent nation builders, we must be willing to openly admit the Western educational system is doing exactly what it was it was designed to do to our children. It is killing their curiosity and will to think independently while corrupting their truth with perverted, abnormal cultural imperatives. In reality, it is no more than another form of child molestation. If we're here to save our children from this maddening, this education, how we educate our children and what they come to know as trust must revert to what worked for our ancestors. What does this require? It requires educational institutions that work for us here and now, molded from the minds of our ancestors. It requires schools, good schools, especially for our youth, and politically separated from Europeans and Negro public and private institutions without ties to them or their curriculum. It requires teachers, better yet, healing educators willing to submit to the sacrifice of dedicating their lives to an African future. It requires specialized, ever-expanding African-centered curriculum, textbooks, and reading materials designed to satisfy our children's unique needs. Equally important, it requires supporters, investors, donors committed, whether secretively, secretively or not, to subsidize this intergenerational educational initiative. Affirm, I build, create materials for, educate in, and support African-centered schools. Affirm, I build, create materials for, educate in, and support African-centered schools. Brothers and sisters, the Inya Sesem of daily revolutionary thought. Ashe. Ashe. Yeah, family. Tell you. We're going to talk about nation building. You know, um, 
One of the things, one of the things that uh, that we don't talk a lot about is, at least I, I try to, you know, because this program, that's what it's, that's what this program is about. This program is about independence, us being independent, nobody telling us what to do, how to do it, when to do it. None of that. We do it ourselves based upon the knowledge that we acquire from our ancestors, from what has worked best and what will work best for us. That's what we do. That's what we do. That's what we need. We need nation builders. We need brothers and sisters who will think outside of the imposed boundaries that Europeans have placed on. And, and for those who are stuck in that or who still want to be in that, so be that. We kick them to the curb. We let them be. And we take those who want to re-Africanize, um, who want to re-Africanize themselves and want to prepare our people, our youth, our adults to an African-centered reality, a nation-building reality. We are willing to work and to be serious about the work because really it is it is our survival. It is our survival and our ability to our ability to strive to greatness once again. It, it is there for us. Will we be willing to engage in it? You know, as I read Baba Baruti and know what this man and, and his wife and others like him are doing, and I see, unfortunately, uh, sporadically, incrementally what's happening. It's not happening on the level that it should at this moment. Thank God it's still happening. Thank God we're not totally submitted and submissive to the European way. There's still some of us who still believe in being African. who still believe and love the fact of who we are and are willing to work hard and make whatever sacrifices that need to be made to make that reality happen. So, let's continue to work, family. Let's continue to make it happen. And, and, the, and the only way that that can happen is you have programs like this on a consistent basis who not just every once in a while you hear something you view something, you read something and days weeks, months even years go by that's why every Monday, Wednesday and Friday that's what you'll hear on this program, I could talk about a lot of things, I mean I don't, let me say it this way <laughs> I'm not a student in a lot of things, okay? 
there are some things I know some of. You know, I don't know, uh, you know, a lot about everything. I know a little bit of something about something. That's how that goes. You know, I never profess that. Never will, because I know better. You know, but what I do know is I have a love, a sincere, undying love for Africa and African people. And so I'm willing to every day work to help Africa come into the reality of Africa as an independent, self-determining, liberated, and sovereign people and continent. That is the objective. That is the ultimate reality. Everything else is moot. If it's not doing that, it's a waste of damn time. As Dr. Clark said, everything should be that you do and what you read and so forth. There's a means to your liberation. It makes it must be a means to your liberation. So that's the bottom line. So when you listen to this program, now understand, I understand some people don't want to hear it. You know, they don't want to hear that black stuff. Some people are just happy that we have a niche or they have a niche in white supremacy. In European, as I say, I don't use white supremacy. I use European, Caucasian, uh, what is that? European, Caucasian extremism. Extremism. They are. European, Caucasian extremism, racism, because there's only one race. There's the human race of which African people are fathers and mothers of. So there's no such thing as race. No such thing as race. Europeans developed this concept of race. They developed, they developed a concept of race, giving themselves the top position with everybody else at a lower position with us melanated people at the lowest position that's why globally everywhere around the world where there's dark skin or melanated people they are shunned they are denigrated they are demeaned they are relegated to the low end of the ladder simply because their skin is dark and because Europeans over that period of time have had an adverse to Caucasians, had an adverse to melanated skin. Now, in Francis Cress Welsing, who says that they are tuned, they are in tune to genetic annihilation. That's why they have an adverse to that. Because they know that we can annihilate their ass simply through birthing process because our genes are dominant and theirs are submissive. African genes are dominant and theirs are recessive. 
And that's a fact. Oh, speaking, speaking of which, uh, I, I need to pull that, find that piece where um, European Jews, particularly in uh, Palestine, are forbidden to take DNA tests. Because why? Because just as I've been saying for many years, they are not, they are not Jews. They are not Hebrew. They have no tie at all to the land that they have stolen. They have no tie to what happened in 1946, 47. The Berlin at the, um, the Belfort Declaration when they were loud through the UN because the United States and, and uh, Britain to take Palestine from the Palestinians and then don't even ask the Palestinians a damn thing. They just came and took it. And that's how they've done it. You know it. It's other instances just like that. They don't ask. Shit, they didn't ask when they colonized Africa, did they? They didn't. They, there's not one Africa at the Berlin Conference when they slice it up like a damn piece of cake. No, they don't ask no damn body. They just do it. And give less than a rat's ass about how you feel about it. Then all this stuff about anti-Semitic. They're not Semitic. These are not Semitic people. How can you be? The, the Semitic people are the ones that are being mistreated. The, the, these so-called European Jews are anti-Semitic. <laughs> Jesus. Let me get into this. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you've seen that. Um. I need to find that because I love to play it. That, that, that these, um, they said, no, we, we, we were forbidden to get uh, DNA tests because the reality is y'all ain't who you say you are and never have been. Never have been. They're late converts to Judaism and, 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 and what they have done, they took that information and, and what that information is 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 how the is how Hebrews and later Jews operated, how they operate within societies, how they're able to manipulate, gain control of finance, information. I mean, my good friend um, Brother Ayo Kamathi, called the Irritated Genie, but Ayo Kamathi's book, Jews Are the Problem. Please, brothers and sisters, if you get a chance to get his book, Jews Are the Problem. In fact, after the after this year's up, we're gonna be talking about that. I'm not afraid. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. I gotta give less than a rat's ass what they think, what this society thinks. And in fact, listening to, uh, as I have to, I believe, the news, because I need to stay current, find out what the hell's going on, the three professors, or no, presidents of Harvard, MIT, and what was the other? I think it was, uh, anyway, I think she's the one that she resigned, and the other two women, especially the sisters, the, the sister, I think she was at Harvard, and they told him, you know, you don't have to resign. But what they wanted for you to condemn 
anti-Semitism, you know, and and more importantly, not just condemn it, but make sure that if it comes onto your campus, that you deal forthrightly with it, that you jump up in the ass about anti-Semitism, that anyone particularly waving Palestinian rights and so jump in their ass because the bottom line here in America is we support Israel. And many of the people in charge of various entities in this society, in government, in business, are European Jews. Are European Jews. Yeah, they run this. They run this. That's why we need to nation build. That's why we need our own. Not run by anybody but us. Nation building. Nation building has been correctly defined along similar lines by Kwame Okoto in his book, Nation Building, Theory and Practice, in African-centered education. He describes it as the conscious and focused application of our people's collective resources, energies, energies and knowledge to the task of liberating and developing the psychic and physical space that we identify as ours. It involves the development of behaviors, values, language, institutions, and physical structures that elucidate our history and culture, concretize and protect the present, and ensure the future identity and independence. It is imperative that we develop and protect the present and ensure the future identity and independence of the nation. Nation building is the deliberate, keenly directed and focused and energetic projection of the national culture and the collective identity. Thus, in nation building, Africans must not be confused as to our direction or the need to de-Europeanize ourselves by stripping our thoughts and behaviors of alien imperatives. We are not Europeans, I repeat. We are not Europeans. We are not trying to help them establish their new old world order by molding ourselves into something other than our ancestors and redefining that as African. Nation building must be understood as a process of reconnection and continuity. Nation building does not start with a blank slate. Nation building is not about creating a new man or a new cultural reality using eclectic cultural and ideological borrowings from a panoramic variety of cultural formations and philosophies. For us, nation building is an intergenerational process of progressive but intense denuding ourselves of multi-generational layers of alien values and thinking and the progressive adoption an immersion of ourselves in the culture in the culture and work of rebuilding nation building also involves self education in that without knowledge of self we cannot proceed with recreating a spirit 
of what once was in effect without knowing the why, how, and what has always existed for Africans as well as the why and how of Urugu's violent reaction to us and our progressive, regressive adaptation to them, we cannot look at the contemporary reality and bring a nation of people into this anti-African arena, expecting them to uncompromisingly be themselves and thrive. That's right. It will not happen. It's not happening. It will never happen here, family. Please, it will never happen here. Nation building starts with individuals and their families developing their knowledge base and talents. In time, they join with other persons and families who have worked equally hard to accomplish a similar level of centeredness for the same reason, that centered consciousness for the same reason. From, from these small groups of families, larger extended families, or rather communities will form. And these communities beginning a communal journey toward their ancestral way are bound together by their sense of the Nguza Saba family. Their sense of the Nguza Saba. Umoja. Common cultural and political interests. Kujichagalia. Refusing to be defined or directed by aliens. Ujima. Agree upon divisions of labor based on an appreciation of each other's perspective talents, including the establishment of a common space, facility, and pedagogy for educating our children and adults alike. Ujama, collective pulling, managing, and distribution of materials and non-material resources. Nia, holding sacred the purpose of building their communities into an African nation. Kumba, determined to find unique and appropriate ways to confront the old and the new problems inherent in claiming independence of mind, body, and soul, and Imani, consensus over which African spiritual systems best suit them, one and all. The innermost sanctuaries of these communities, small and large, located throughout the diaspora and motherland, form the nuclei of our nation building effort because we recognize the immensity of our struggle to regain ourselves as an African people and the forces which quickly array against any highly visible undeveloped massive nation building effort we know that we must start small and sure we, mem- we must recognize that public advertising mass organizing loud voices and flamboyancy have done little in our past but serve individual egos and set us up as easy targets for the predators from the caves of the Caucasus Mountains and their Eurasian Plains and their allies. Therefore, we know that if we are to be successful in this critical endeavor, we must quietly do the work of building the foundation of a nation that will close ranks gradually through the coming generations. It is no secret that the struggle toward building an African nation will be long and arduous. The wisdom of African teaches us that when a stick is bent too far in one direction, 
it will have to be bent even further in the other direction for it to gain, to become straight again. For it is again to become straight. In our historical retrospective, we have learned that if we are to do it right, if we do is to contain the seed, the concentrated strength and determination that make liberation an easy and natural fight, if it is an honor that is truly to be earned and therefore deserving of the greatest protection, then we will be more than well worth the weight of the many generations that it will take to move families into communities and then into clans or tribes which will easily flow into a pan-African nation. Students of the African way should be warned, however. They have to be made aware of the naive innocence and gullibility that accompany such a sympathetic, all-embracing political philosophy. They have to be taught about those among us who despise who they are and therefore will work to destroy any effort to organize Africans around Africans. They must vigilantly look out for imposters, individuals and groups who profess African ideologies but systematically corrupt what is African with what is innately others must be discovered and routed out of our movement. Among these are particularly those pretenders to any makeshift African throne who work so hard to graft European abnormalities into African traditions so that Urugu they in, in imitate and the love they have for Urugu and their ways can appear to be a normal historical human progression. <laughs> Our reinforcements must be made aware that while all Africans may have an innate potential to do and be so, each and every one of us does not know and may never have the spiritual <coughs> or mental capacity to be African. All who inhabit our centers must be clear that they are fighting to rebuild a protected, sovereign, long-living, humanistic nation of and for all African people who chose to be African. This is the vision that is only awaiting our spiritual, psychological, and physical rescue of it from the deadly grip of Western culture and society. So the workers of our way must be clear that the war effort will demand all of their energy as well as that of each generation of Africans to come and more. For others' genocidal efforts against us will not cease with them. However, we choose to look at it from within the African center. For us, nation building is the only viable and intellectually and commonsensically defensible Sankofian process. Sankofa. Through it, though, the process of acting as our ancestors would be, would in this reality, and defending our ability to do so, we rebuild our nation. Nationhood is the inevitable outcome of their hopes and dreams for us. As a group collective movement, nation building brings together two distinct concepts and aspirations, each powerful beyond words in its own right. Nation building speaks to the outcome 
and who is included in it. It is a statement. It is a statement about the large-scale political organization and organizational structure of a whole. Self-aware people. It speaks to a political state in existence wherein a people voluntarily and consciously hold themselves accountable to each other and see themselves as divinely empowered to stand in this spiritual space. Another part of this concept, building, directs our attention toward this movement as a process with activities concretely tied to a promise and a vision of sovereignty. Be not deluded. Unequivocally know that there is no nation building if the vision is not one of sovereignty. Let me repeat. Be not deluded. Unequivocally know that there is no nation building if the vision is not one of sovereignty. Neither let the idea of sovereignty be segmented according to the hierarchical ratings of energy. For nation building is a process which is inclusive of all the spiritual, mental, emotional, physical energies at a people's disposal. At, the, at some caught up in you, has some caught up in Urugu's relative measurements of everything as greater or lesser might misimagine. A people's reconstruction is not limited to mechanical technology or physical exertion. Neither is it limited to those with the greatest energy or drive or the most articulate and eloquent voices. This is the grassroots work all who would be African. For Africans, nation building is the process by which our sanity is rebuilt. Nation building involves the social and cultural reorganization of African people globally toward the reconstruction of the, of the spiritual, psychological, and physical African nation. It is the process through which African people become sovereignly empowered as a politicized, self-defining, self-directing world people who consciously pursue their interests in the face of an antagonistic, in the face of antagonistic others. The call of nationhood and the conditions that brought us to this desperate point is the first in the first place requires that we accomplish this phenomenal collective feat with our with our historical remembrance to the fullest extent of our capabilities as a people wherever we live on this planet without fear, apprehension, or regret over the decision to be African. Ashe. Ah. I'm going to read a little piece on sovereignty when we come back from the break. Um, man, yeah. Nation building is serious. That's what me is. That's what we must engage in. That's what we must work toward. Th- that's how we should align ourselves. Nation, nation time, nation time. That's what it is, family. It's nation time. Yeah, it's nation time. Brothers and sisters, going to come up on a break. You're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. 
Before I play this, I, I want to say something. Um, yesterday, oh, no, um, <coughs> excuse me, Saturday uh, was Frankie Beverly's birthday, December 9th. December 9th, 1946, Frankie Beverly was born. So when I looked for information, they said Frankie Beverly had died. Now, I understand something. You and I both know if Frankie Beverly was dead, we definitely would know about it. You know, whatever. I mean, unless you live in, without any communications at all, that you have, you live like a hermit, you know, because now I don't believe that it would be on ABC, NBC, CBS, or Fox. But I'm quite sure it'd be on some local news, some local features. It'd be on some some of those other um, programs that Frankie Beverly, who's a major entertainer, who has been in the entertainment over 50 years, you know. Howard Beverly. Howard Be born Howard Beverly, December 9th, 1946. He's 77 years old, you know, and we we know how his voice has been been strained. I remember that one time over there, Frankie was just oh man, it was sad. You know, the music's still there, the spirit is still there. Unfortunately, the voice wasn't at that time, and I think he's been bouncing back, back and forth. You know, so, but yeah, he's he's not dead, family. He's not dead, and he's still performing. You know, Frankie Beverly and Mays. So, and, and I went to Wikipedia. I went to other Google search and so forth, and one had him dead because he has cancer. But Frankie's not dead. Frankie's hanging on in there. Frankie Beverly and Mays providing the great work, the good music. Man. So I'm going to play a couple of Frankie Beverly cuts. I'm quite sure you'll like. You know, I'll say this. At the Cool Jazz Festival, he was a top um, entertainer. You know, most future entertainer way back when I uh, went to um, New Orleans. Uh, uh, what's that? In New Orleans, man. Come on, Ocean. See, I tell you, you know, the festival they have in New Orleans all the time. And oh, Essence, excuse me, man. I can't think of Essence. He was the top. Uh, we got him. Uh, at our festival, African World Festival in Milwaukee when I was president. So I had the opportunity to talk with him and other members of the band. And, you know, and we had to pay them a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that, that's one thing I remember. <laughs> our budget was deeply, deeply strained and how to could pay anybody else. Yeah, very close to 100000 yeah, That was the deal, I guess. So, brothers and sisters, the 77th birthday of Frankie Beverly of Mays. 
happy and joyous. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com.
You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. Frankly, Beverly and Mays. Man. Outstanding, huh? Thank you, Beverly and Mays. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, it was. I didn't expect that when I turned to the uh, information. Because I knew, I heard Frankie Beverly's birthday was the ninth. A friend of mine, her birthday is the ninth. And I didn't know that she knew that she celebrates a birthday with Frankie Beverly. Now, I celebrate a birthday with uh, Dr. Ishaka Musa Barajango. And we're going to talk about him and next week because uh, we shouldn't be selling these European holidays. <laughs> That's right. You know that. We shouldn't be celebrating European holidays, damn it. Mm, you know, but of course we do. We follow suit. They tell us which way to go, and we go. They tell us to jump. We say how high. We scratch where we don't itch. Laugh when ain't nothing funny. And this shit ain't funny. At all. At all. So, let's hope and continue that Frankie Beverly and Maze continues. Great music. Almost 50 years. In some cases, it is. Beyond 50 years since uh, he was uh, doing this thing in Philadelphia. Developing groups in Philadelphia. And, um, man. So, we're going to talk about sovereignty. A little bit about it. A little bit, and then we're going to open up the phone lines. And you brothers and sisters, whatever's on your mind, you want to talk a little bit about what's been said? Well, let's see. Sovereignty, pure and simple, has a social variable. Sovereignty is a clear indicator of the degree to which a people are self-conscious. It reveals a people's ability to visualize themselves as their ancestral selves and accordingly to live in a way that values that existence. With respect to their desire and willingness to have a fulfilled, a self-awareness, it is measured. It is a measure of their collective power. When speaking of Africans in both the our historical and contemporary context, our ability as a people to know and fulfill our uncompromised will in the face of an arrogant, inhumane, invasive nation is the primary ruler by which sovereignty must be measured for us. By default, being sovereign or lack thereof respectfully indicates the presence of absence of real, definitive exercise and exercisable power. As we discussed earlier, there is a marked difference between power and influence at the individual level. This distinction applies at the level of groups from two people, micro, to multiple people, macro, configurations like societies. Countries and nations as well. So, in the context of groups, particularly mass societies, however, globally, dispersed 
When we are speaking about sovereignty, we are considering a people's power. We are studying their ability to uncompromisingly think, speak, and act in their best interest. We are, we are not speaking of influence because that would only be asked about the chances or probability that they will be able to negotiate their way into a favor of another seemingly more powerful enemy will. Our only political point of reference is power. And once again, family, power is the ability to define reality. That's what it is. That we define reality, we shape it, and we fashion it in our image and in our interest. And we don't ask anybody outside of us a damn thing. To be sure, sovereignty is not a beggar's platform or aspirations. It submits to no definition of powerlessness or powerlessness breeds a race of beggars. And a nation of sovereignists are by no means beggars. A normalized collective beggar mentality toward all of the worth that the planet holds only lies in the hearts and minds of those without the memory, determination, vision, and and intestinal fortitude to go beyond demands and take what is rightfully belongs to them. Wow. Evidence of powerlessness is most visible in the kinds of institutions a people chose to build, support, and strengthen. In a barbaric world, the first and most important institution a sovereignty-seeking people seek to construct, support, and strengthen is the military. Their priority is in establishing and reestablishing their personal territory and way within that territory. Their ability to extend this sovereign security to themselves without time, wherever they reside or find themselves traveling, in part and parcel of this first consideration. Those who vision a captive Those whose vision is captive to another's will worships those com- compromised institutions which pacify them and seek to dis- dissipate and or deflect to the other cheek the rage of any who seek to destroy them. They have neither the mind nor the will to stop or return others' insults. They just take it, slap that cheek, they just turn to the next one. That said, the first order of business among African sovereignists is the return of conditions which facilitate and encourage and encourage ma'at amongst Africans. This priority orders the creation of a society and the nation building activities within. Living in ma'at with the others only carries the possibilities of certain among us once ma'at obtains within the African nation. Interestingly and sadly, for a people's claiming to be somebody, sovereignty is seen as too fantastic of a state of existence for most Africans to begin to want to imagine. Understanding that obstacles are things that you see when you take your eyes off of your goal. They are stuck behind self-manufactured obstacles which prevent them from even imagining a sovereign possibility. Because what they can't conceive, 
they will never achieve because of what it would mean to take even recognize the depths of the mental side among all involved and then begin the process of reversing its acceleration out of hand and habit. They, they reject the idea of the idea. Nonetheless, there are those of us who understand that sovereignty is our only sane way to African power. Sovereignty is our only, our only sane way to African power. We accept that. While there are many definitions of sovereignty, the ones deserving study and action are those which moves us to keep our genuine identity as a nation of Africans at our center. Here, by example, is one such definition. The successful outcome of any nationalist movement is sovereignty for the people. Being sovereign means having absolute control over the life of the nation. Right now, as always for African people, sovereignty is measured by how intelligently, independently, powerfully we control our resources, our story, our culture, our time, space, and destiny. It is to have the power within the nation to control our lives and to control them in our best interests, regardless of opposition from outside. Accordingly, being sovereign has to mean that there is no one beyond us who makes any decisions about how we rule ourselves, about how, excuse me, I'm sorry, family. Being sovereign has to mean that there is no one beyond us who makes any decision about how we rule ourselves, how we live, what we believe, how we deal with enemies, whether aliens or traitors, and how we visualize our future and communicate and express that vision. It means that we are completely and consciously self-defining, self-determining, self-empowered, and self-respecting. And no nation has ever risen to power and stayed there without holding their own traditions sacred. Sovereignty necessarily means that we know, respect, protect, and extend in time through every coming generation who we are as a direct reflection of our ancestors. Sovereignty is our ultimate goal. Although this quote is introduced through a call for nationalism, it remains a fundamental definition of sovereignty. It speaks to the need to provide the space and means to be African in a reality where most of us have completely forgotten that identity is the foundation of all personal power and social self-determination. Of course, if we approach it correctly, Sovereignty and nationalism are synonymous. Sovereignty is an accountable closing of ranks among the people, and the people, when whole, comprise a nation. And because this is the case, people's sovereignty is necessarily inter internationally in scope. While this discussion provides a generous framework for beginning to think about this vital concept, the book, Sovereignty and Remembrance, provides a more detailed analysis of what sovereignty is and what 
it should mean to African people. Ashe. Yeah. Sovereignty. Family. That's right. We want to be a sovereign people. That is our quest. That is what we must do. That is what we, what we must strive to do. Open up the phone lines, family, for those of you who want to jump in. 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. Uh, I have a number of you in the queue. You know to hit star twice and you'll be up. Hit star twice. 215-490-9832. Brother Oshi. Yeah. Brother Oshi. Hey, hey, what's Brother Irv? What's happening? How you doing? I'm I'm good, Brother Oshi. You know I'm listening. I'm always listening if I if I can. Um brother, you talking about sovereignty and you you actually got a little deeper with it today than you usually do. You usually just quote you just you just state the fact that we should be a sovereign we should acquire sovereignty. Right. But you got a little deeper and you actually told us that there's a, a definition to the word and there's a definition that you should you should actually look at because there are many there are many people who who have their own definitions of what sovereignty and self determination means and but you specifically told us where to go what to do how to how to think about this and it's very important that you say that because I've I heard someone say the other day that uh, the the Palestinian people will be radicalized. And I never understood what the word radicalized mean because I thought that meant that they were just, you know, al-Qaeda people or bin Laden people. Radicalization means to change the way you think, Baba Oshi. Right. They want these people to think a certain way. Now, they say the children are going to be radicalized. Well, if you're killing their parents and their grandparents, <laughs> what do you think these what do you people think? Come on now? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think they're going to be thinking? So now they want to change the way they think. At the same time, the United States is sending money for bombs to kill these people. At the same time, you're firing presidents of universities because they refuse to look at this all all at once. In other words, one lady said, well, we'll take each case on an individual basis. That wasn't good enough for them you can't do that you have to put them all if you just say anything and this is cancel culture at its finest uh but bob oshi you said earlier whoever whoever runs this who makes the rules and right. you, you're seeing the rules come out right now exactly. just, like, just as you saw really quickly and i'm gonna stop just as you saw the rules come out in this ncaa football foolishness where they didn't choose the team that had the best record because it wouldn't, people wouldn't watch them on television. Well, is it about the best record, or is it about making money? Because you, you know, like I know, Arugo's God is is, is money. Right. Money gives him his privileges. Right. So his, it, so it's not about the school's best record. It's about no. the one, the the one that sell the beer, the one that the people will watch. You know, not the one that has the best record. You know, the quarterback got hurt. Well, he hurt, so they're not going to watch. Right. So that was they, they showed their hand. The NCAA, but yet you don't want to pay these children for playing this sport that brings billions of, of dollars into the NCAA, but you don't want to pay them a dime. You don't want to give them any. You get nothing. And and that's how arrogant 
Arugu is. He says, I'm not going to pay you a little bit. I'm just not going to pay you anything. And I'm going to keep this going as long as I can. Right. Because, yeah, because it's, it's, it's coming to an end. But not today. Right. Because we run. Right, not today. So, no, but it is. It, it is. And they're talking about mm-hmm. it in various ways. I, I come up with the idea how uh, uh, the NCAA could pay the students in Division One. I. I ain't talking about, you know, NAIA, junior college, and so I'm talking about the money-making conferences, the, the, the Big Ten, mm-hmm. the Southeast Conference, the ACC, and so forth. Yeah. Those schools, from basketball and football, they fund all other sports. From basketball and football, mm-hmm. they make it possible for the – the, the, the soccer team, the, the, the volleyball team, and so forth, golf team, to travel and play. Because these brothers, and, they, and their brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. mostly mm-hmm. on these teams, especially the big schools, they're the ones that uh, uh, have the attendance at events, sometimes sold out. And, of course, March right. Madness. You know, I don't like Bill oh, yeah. Myers' ass, oh, yeah. but... They, but he came up with a good one. Bill Myers, Bill Myers said, is a stirring reminder of what America was founded on, making tons of money off the unpaid labor of black people. That's, that, that's it. Because those young men no, don't you, get you a dime, and yet everybody makes money. That's why I hate Dabu Sweeney, the coach of, of, um, of Clemson. And and Nick Saban, because number one of what they did to put his ass in that playoff mix, and the fact that he don't want these kids to make no damn money either, you know. No, the the the, the boy, the, the the guy that they worship, bless his soul. I, I, I was talking about people who've gone on to the other side, but Jim Velvino, Velvino, who died of cancer, won that. Back that won that championship that one year, but with a, you know crazy shot by Boyd Pittenhouse or whatever his name was. But yeah. anyway, he said before he died that college students should never be paid to play college football. Is that what Van Vaughn said? Never be. That's what he Jim said. That. It's, it's okay. because he said they should okay. never be paid. Mm-hmm. And he reminded me of the brother Nichols. Africa should yeah. never ever. Right. Come on, these people. Yeah. See, 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 these people are talking. To me, it sounds like they have vision, Baba Oshi. They're not looking at today. They're looking down the road. Right. If Africa ever becomes uh, solvent, truly solvent, truly self-determined, truly a con- independent country, the rest of the world will have to bow, bow down and, and, and be its footstool. Right. Because it, it has. Come on, it right. has all the resources. Right, it has they, all they the resources. And so everybody would have to pay so, fair market value for the resources that Africa has. And, and and then if Africa starts developing manufacturing because of the multitudes of people, particularly how young the population is, they're going to have to do yes. that. So then, therefore, Africa was going to be the world leader in trade, world leader in manufacturing, world leader, period. They will be... see. Back to where they were, right? Back to where they were in ancient times, right? It all goes around. All these empires will die, just yeah. like the United States will die, just like England died. Well, let me they just say this: fall, they, they, uh, they all deserve it. They all deserve correct. to die. Correct. You know, 
because when they were because when they were at the top, they became so self-absorbent. Right. Till they were destroying the world. Yes. And and, and they, I'm telling you, Baba Oshi, this country right here, thinking they can they can have bases all over the world, which is what they do. And every president keeps it going. Mm-hmm. Every president. We have the biggest military budget in the world, and we have no national health care. Duh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that's not healthcare is not important. It's world dominance. It's the new world order. All these little buzzwords. Well, are, uh, you, you know, know the, 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 the thing is, the thing is, they things. know they could have it. You know, but uh, just as a piece I saw a few years ago said, the reason why they don't have it is because of us. They didn't want to give it to us. Uh, uh, FDR proposed it. A few other presidents have proposed it. But no, we're not going to do that because other European countries and even Asian countries have health care provided to the people. They could have done it, but they didn't want to give it to us. And so, therefore, uh, you know, uh, you got to pay. Y'all got to pay because of how selfish and greedy these son of bitches are. Right. No, there's something. Baba Oshi, really quickly, you're absolutely correct. There's a documentary on called The Untold history of the united states by oliver stone hmm. it's a it, i think it's an eight-part series okay i would beg you and beg anyone listening to this program to look at that documentary mm-hmm. it i watched the whole thing and i've watched it twice I, I, every time i watch it i get something else out of it it shows where the united states at one time believe it or not after slavery they never addressed slavery but they did address the, the, the fact that they they made blow this world up if we don't stop going the way we're going mm-hmm. and they were moving towards that and then uh of course uh jfk was shot in the head in the daytime blew his brains out it wasn't because uh he was messing with somebody's woman or he was going to stop the federal reserve it was it was basically because jfk was going against all the all the things that this country are doing right now he was going against that not that he was in love with black people. Let's be perfectly clear. He was a racist, too, because he lived in a racist society, which had dictated that he had to be a racist. Yeah. He would not even let Sammy uh, uh, Davis Jr. Uh, come to his inauguration, right. even, though he, yeah. even, though, even though he campaigned for him mm-hmm. he wouldn't, because he was married to uh, a, 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 White a, a snowflake. He was yeah. married to yeah. – Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, 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 back, and he was married yeah. to her. Correct. So he wouldn't let him come. And that was the racism in him because the country, the country at that, at that time, and it still is, it still is. Let's not act like you, when you see these, uh, all these bullshit BS commercials with these white folks and black women, black men and white women met with these families, that doesn't represent actually what's going on. The percentages of black men, there are more black men married to white, to, to, to their own women right see that's the percentage but that's not what the television shows you right. it gives you the impression that all we want is white girls i love black women all day every I sh- day i say and, and i say i say them. that's right <laughs> <laughs> brother let me let somebody else get on my boat you know i can go on and on okay i love you brother. man i'm let listening me... and all thank right. you again thank you brother Herb. appreciate you my man thank yes, you sir. yes sir all right <laughs> yeah Jay, what's up, Jay? How you doing, my brother? How was your weekend? Oh, the weekend was pretty good, man. How was yours? Everything was oh, everything was copacetic. 
Good, man. Good, 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 good. You know. No, I was I was just listening to what y'all was talking about. I had to laugh when I heard you talk about your boy Devon Sweeney. Um <laughs> and Saban did not get a pass. Um FSU was not supposed to be in the final four because of the simple fact they had no quarterback. So Right, but that was the rationale. Jay, that was the rationale. The fact that, you know, their their top quarterback was injured and they have seen a number of lopsided games in in that playoff. And, and they felt that uh if they would have put them fourth, whoever was first and first would have been Michigan, that that game between Michigan and Florida State would have been a lopsided game. The game between Texas and uh, 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 Washington be a much better game. See, so yeah, that's that was the yeah. Well, 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 the thing is, the thing is, Florida, Florida State couldn't score because they didn't have a right. sufficient quarterback, and um, nobody wants to w- watch Michigan totally destroy um, Florida FSU. State. Yeah. Now, the score, if they would have had their regular quarterback. Would it have probably been something like 28 24? Right. Without their regular quarterback, it would have probably been um, right. 24 6 or 24 Well, 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 well the fact is. Nobody want to watch that nonsense. With is, Alabama, Alabama's going to make it a game. I mean, and I'm no fan of Alabama. I don't. Matter of fact, to be honest with you, I don't like none of the four teams. I don't even think I watched any uh any. I like other. Washington. I know I didn't watch Alabama. This I like year. I, I like Washington. Watch I like Washington. I'm, I'm hoping they I, win. I didn't watch Washington. I didn't watch. I didn't watch any any of the games. I mean, you know, the thing is, you want to see competitive games yeah. at that level, um, so that you know, well, if Michigan beats Alabama then they'll play Washington or Texas. Now, to me, if Michigan doesn't win it all, then it's a failure as far as I'm concerned because they are the best team. I don't think Texas is that good, and I don't think Washington is that good. I think Washington is. Can I just interject? interject? Sure. Brother, can I interject for one second? Brother Jay, it actually isn't about uh, the quarterback or what team is going to make up for a better game. The actual question is, what is the criteria for getting into the playoffs? Now, if the criteria is, is that you have the best record, then let's go with the best record regardless of what happens on your team. But if the criteria is who's going to make the best game, then write that down. Because if you wanted me to have the best game, you should have put that in my contract. You said best record, and, the, and that's not true. This is not the NFL. This is college. Nobody, none of the kids are getting paid. I don't watch none of that foolishness. I love football, but I think the kids should get paid. That's my 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 personal boycott. But what's the criteria, uh, brother Jay? Is it is it who has the best quarterback or who has the best record? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it right there. Um, it, I would I would say, <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> I would say it's who has the best chance to win and give the best performance. Based on the optics, and in Florida, 
Florida doesn't fit into Florida State doesn't fit into that um, synopsis at this time. They don't have a quarterback to score points. They have a defense that is just beautiful. Outstanding, outstanding. They they don't have what it takes to make the game interesting. And, you know, it's all about one thing, her show. So they don't fit the show test. And that's the only reason why. I believe they didn't get they didn't get picked. Now, if their quarterback wasn't hurt, they'd have definitely got picked over Alabama. Um, you know, but hey, man, the bottom line is people go watch, and um, you know they gonna make their money off of it, and um, you know let's see how it all plays out. But you know that that's that. All right. But don't bet too much money on the game, Earth. And I know you go watch the game. So stop faking the funk, please. <laughs> hey, Irv, how about that game yesterday? The Rams and the what Ravens. You, what you talking about, the Ravens? Yeah. You, you're talking about the Ravens? Yeah, I'm talking about your boys, the, B, the BMO nah, Ravens. I'm talking about the Eagles and the Dallas fake Cowboys. <laughs> Because come January, Dallas will be sitting at home, and the Eagles will probably be too. And, and, and let me tell you, man, that Kansas City game, that's why. What what happened in that game? The brother. The guy was, the guy was six, I think, six inches or less over the line. He was lined up in the neutral zone, point blank. He was that lined is up a in fact. the neutral zone it was a fact. six inches at best, yeah. if that much. And they took away an excellent play, and um, Mahone lost his mind and couldn't concentrate and focus to do what they had to do. But you know, I don't, I don't think Kansas City's that good anyway because of the simple fact they don't have that long ball threat that they had before. And you know, I think it's becoming too much of a Taylor Cracker Smith show. So. So, I mean, they talk more about that cracker than they talk about the players. I mean, that's that's like when I lose, I lose total interest, man. What, what you you know, you talking about? Well, we want Kansas City to be at a certain place and 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 be seen, so white women and whatever cracker decide they want to visualize and be a part of the game because we got a devil. A, a devil we need to watch and see every 15 minutes. They got to show a picture of the reaction of this bone and, and, and skeleton, no good silky you rule. I mean, it makes me sick, man. You know, that's not what football's about. And well, you know something, white girl. No, white what football is about, like everything the else the in Western league. society is about, Jay, is about making money. And she is one of the top entertainers in the world. And so if yes. she's going with this dude, they're going to show her, they're going to play that up. And you and I both That's know ridiculous. it. As much as as much as we don't can't stand it, and I can't, you know, they're going to play it up. I mean, it, does, it takes my interest. It takes my interest away, away from, from the game. Yeah. Now, I will say this. If you find a basketball player, a female basketball player like some of these Young basketball players are playing right now. I want to see them out front instead of Tyler Swift. At least they doing something. 
they participating in the game. They making it exciting. You know what I mean? But to look at this bony cracker, her facial expressions, jumping up and down like an effing cheerleader. Get on the field and be an effing cheerleader. I don't need you in the stands around other crackers, jumping up and down, making faces, because this Urugu made a catch. Get the F out of here. And, you know what's interesting? What's interesting is uh, uh, Simone Biles. Simone, all right, Jay, take care, man. Simone Biles, uh, boyfriend, plays for the uh, Packers, and she was at the game. In fact, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure if she'll be at the game tonight. You know, Simone Biles, and they right. interviewed her and so forth. But they didn't give her, of course, the fanfare and the constant publicity that they gave. Taylor Swift, you know, number wow. one, Simone Biles' boyfriend is is not an all pro, but he's a good player. He plays. He's a front line player. He mm-hmm. he, he, right. he ain't a bench warmer, you know. And and in fact, he when she was there, he intercepted the ball, you know. Okay, but the bottom line is this, man. You know, they, they Urugu's running it. They running the sports. They running it. They just like the tournament that just had when uh, the Lakers and and Indianapolis, you know, Indy, right? You know, in that situation, they run it, and so it's always going to be about how successful it is determines how much money it makes, you know, and how much of a buzz it has around the country in terms of publicity and Baba Oji, yeah. Now, Baba, I just wanted to interject really quickly. You're absolutely correct in what you're saying. The part that I need it for us to make sure that we understand is that they, Arugu wants us to buy into the mindset, money over everything. Right. You know, and, 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 and even though he blurs the line, because at the same time last night, there was the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. Right. You know, hip-hop, which built no, which, which built no institutions. Right. Hip hop, which built no schools. Right. Hip hop, which I don't. All hip hop basically did was was to make the people that were behind hip hop were, which were mostly Jews, mm-hmm. a, a ton of money, a ton, a of, ton money. of money, a and, ton. And, yeah. And when the and when the Jew told them what to say, because they said what they wanted at first, from, from what I understand, poor righteous preachers and you know KRS One. And then when the, the the Jew behind the scenes you didn't said, see we don't them? want to hear that no more. Yeah, you didn't see them at the 50 years of hip-hop. You didn't see huh? them. Huh? And I watched the 50 Everybody years of hip- hip-hop. Come on, I watched it. I, I knew all yeah. the songs. Because we, we, we the marketing, the te- it's not a television. It's a marketing machine. The mm-hmm. television markets things. It's all it does, Baba Oshie. The only reason they have shows on so they can sell you things. The only reason people are on here to wear things for you to buy. Right. But you don't need with money you don't have. For people who don't want it. And so when you so so when you so when you were viewing it, you saw the fashions, you saw all this other stuff. You saw the ostentatious jewelry cats had on still. And just as you said, hip hop ain't done a damn thing for our people. Hip hop, in fact, you can chronicle hip hop's turn from consciousness to gangsterism and hip hop's turn from 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 uh, uh, educating our people and, and promoting our people to imprisoning our people and 
and and, and, and right. drug inducing our people. So no, man, That's damn, right. uh, you know, hip hip hop fifty years. No, man, it has nothing. It, it, has, it no. has nothing to celebrate. It nothing. Has, it has nothing to you celebrating a song. There are lots of songs. There's nothing to celebrate for me about hip hop. Oh, I know all the songs because I was told to learn the songs. Yeah. That's what the radio does. It's a TV. It, you, it's a teaching instrument. It teaches you through repetition, and that's why. That's why when when this so-called critical race theory came about, oh, we can't have that. You can't learn about your history because you're going to mess around and start repeating it or start believing it or start, wait, but you're not thinking what we need you to think because anytime an American African starts to be African, he's deemed as a separatist. Think about that, Baba Ochi. Why are you separating us? Yeah. Uh, let me let me have your own business. Yeah, let, ahead, me, boy, let, let me get uh, uh, Paul in here. Brother Paul, <laughs> good morning <laughs> or good afternoon. Good evening. Hello? Yes, go ahead, Brother Paul. Yeah, I know you haven't got much time about you. And, um, thank you. But you know what? I wasn't going to ring in until I heard um, uh, Brother Irv's rendition of hip hop. And uh, I just want to say this, yeah, because I know we ain't got much time. I absolutely and one million percent disagree with what he just said there. Okay. Million, million, trillion percent. Okay. And I'm sorry I have to say that, but I do have well, to say okay. that for no. one second. Go ahead, then. Give us the give us the point of disagreement. Go ahead, brother. Hello? Go ahead, brother Paul. Yeah. No. Um. You know, it, it's it's just a sh- You know. You know what I. You know what. I, one thing I picked up on when you said that, and it's it's really a crying shame, but it's a fact, and you just proved that to me. One of the problems we have, have as a people, right? Um. Carl Nelson says a thing. He says we always think the white man's ice is colder, and I found that even so within this conscious movement, that's something ingrained in us. I mean, you. No one can make the statement and say that hip-hop hasn't done a damn thing for it. That is crazy and ludicrous because hip-hop is in the international movement. And most people who speak like that, they, they don't have a clue about hip-hop, really. They don't have a clue. Absolute no clue. I, look, I, 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 I'm, I'm 53 years old. I grew up in hip-hop. I picked up breakbeats when I was in New York. I brought them to the UK. And I know what it's done. I, listen, my, my brother, let me give you one example of what okay. he's done. Okay. My brother was a graphic... Uh, uh, I was in hip-hop. I used to dance. I had a crew called Jedi Rockers, right? <laughs> me, personally. Right? Okay. And uh, I, I lived and breathed hip-hop. I, I had a crew called Jedi Rockers. We took it to the London Palladium. I, look, I had no intentions to go and get on stage and be in the London Palladium at all, but it's the crew i formed jedi rockers which took us there we had a guy called flicks right who used to do graffiti i had this urge to try and um, copy him but i couldn't do it and i had the pens i had everything and my brother took it up listen to me my brother was picked up by it's a fact he's my brother's name's mark one his name's mark one he's won two baftas in this country okay for the work he's done and that came from hip-hop and he's a graphic designer, one of the top in the country. When when the map, when the when the um, when when the uh, Apple came in and started getting popular, it's my brother who made it popular in this country. He was celebrated as one of the best graphic designers. Richard Branson, the multimillionaire Richard Branson, came from Virgin to BBC where my brother was working as a graphic designer and recruited my brother. 
came himself personally and took him to Virgin Media. My brother was head of Virgin Media. That came out of hip-hop. So don't tell me hip-hop hasn't done nothing for people. It's done tremendous. And I can tell you many other people it's done for. Okay. You know, you, you, you're you okay. just hearing the propaganda of the white man propaganda, and it's been sold in your mentality. But I can tell you many people it's done many things for. And I'm going to say it again. Hip-hop is an international movement. And this okay. is the problem with a lot of us, you know, because we okay. don't really have an international okay. mindset. Okay, Paul. We, Paul. we just have a localized pa mindset. Okay, and pa that's, what, that's another thing they've done for us. Okay. You, uh, we, and you know we don't have much time, so just let me no. get, get my rebut in here. Uh, because... What I'm plus, saying. plus, let me just say one thing. They, they got a degree. He says they know. They got a degree on Tupac. There, there's, there is, there is in one of the universities in America. Right, they have there a is a whole degree course on it. Right, right. But the problem is this. What are you talking about? The problem is this in terms of what happened with hip hop. It was co-opted. Okay, hip hop. Yeah, that's, that's like many things, right. Archie. Well, that's the that's that's, that's, that's like the point I'm making. Everything's that's been co-opted. That's the point I'm making. But hold on, Jews. hold on, hold on, brother Paul. That's the point I'm making because in that co-opting, hip hop initially or, or or rap initially was conscious, was forming. Okay, you had Karis when you had X Clan. You had a number of groups who spoke yeah. about you know elevation of African consciousness, elevation of the mind, elevation of our community. Uh, to me, the, the greatest rap of all time still is uh, uh, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five with Melly Mayo. The message, you know. All right. And, you know, hold on, hold on, hold on. I know hold we on, ain't hold got on. much time, right? I, I know we ain't got much time. But you were talking about basketball, and you know what thought crossed to mind? You know what? There is a almost, I'm just going to say this as I feel it. There is an almost hateful ice cube, yeah? You broke up, Paul. Paul, you broke up. I appreciate about ice cube, and, you know. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. You broke up on me. Go ahead. Hello? Hello. Let me say again. Okay. You talk about basketball. You talking about basketball earlier on, right? Uh, hello, hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. You talking about basketball earlier on, right? And yeah. I noticed a thing, yeah? There is almost... There is almost resentment for Ice Cube because he's associated with the NWO as if people really know what the NWA really stands for, right? The reality of it is the NWA... Uh, uh, were reflecting what they were seeing in the street in Compton. They say that they put Compton on the map. They were talking about police brutality. Now, listen, the same police brutality they were reflecting, we were reflecting on, right? But no one was talking about it. All these so-called leaders and experts and academics, they didn't say a word about it. Not a word about what was happening to us, okay, in the street. So they use what they call wax and record to reflect what was happening in the street. So if people didn't like it, because if people didn't want to hear the truth, people didn't want to hear what they were hearing in their homes. When people talk about bitch, as if to suggest that they made it up, the, the word bitch and nigga and all that, that came from the street. That came from the people they saw who were older than them. Maybe they're even grandparents that I, came from. I agree. You I know, agree. We gotta, we got to wake up and see the truth. We, we talk as if hip-hop was the one who came out with these words. Well, I'm just saying that, Baba Ochi, no. because sometimes I wonder. We like um, Brother Nelson says. He says that it's almost as if we see the brother Paul. You 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 cut off. You've been cut off, brother Paul. Brother Paul. Antagonist of our defunction. Okay. Well, listen. We we we're gonna continue with this conversation at another time. I got. Yeah, to we go. should. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. definitely. 
Okay, I got I got to go, and I want to make sure that, that my my point has it relates to hip hop and the co-opting of it, which I think is the most important. You know, granted that you were yeah, able. Who, why on, why did on, that happen, hold, Papa Ochi? We on, let hold, that happen. We hold, let that happen. We did, but let me hold on, hold on, brother Paul, because I want to I want to get a, a brother uh, Lusk, brother Ted. Did you have, did you have something? Right? Yeah, go ahead. Quickly, no, brother uh, Ochi, time is cut short. We'll talk about it another time. All right then, brother. Appreciate that. Okay, brother Paul, appreciate you, man. I gotta go. I gotta yeah, run. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, all right, yeah. brother. Peace. Take care. We end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants, think they can't do without, and they sure in hell don't want to pay for. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day. Shemhotep means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. BB48 means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. Hope to see you at the uh, Kwanzaa somewhere, but get the, get the information. Peace, family.